June 8th, 4.27 a.m. I woke up staring at the wall. My room was almost pitch black. It was just like last time. Complete silence, with an overwhelming pressure over my entire body, like I was underwater. I couldn't tell if I was breathing or holding my breath, and no matter how much I wanted to, I couldn't move. Panic was my first reaction. Slowly I realized what was happening, and my panic shifted to recognition, quickly followed by fear. I knew there was nothing I could do but wait for it to pass and control to return, but the sense of dread was almost too much to bear. It's the helplessness that's the worst part. Imagine being the most scared you've been in your entire life. Raw nerves and panic welled up from the primal recesses of your mind. We have fear to let our body know we're in danger, and we want to remove ourselves from the situation that causes it. Now imagine having that feeling, only you can't move. Your internal alarms are going crazy, but your brain has been disconnected from the rest of you. Your conscious mind is not calling the shots anymore. It's like watching someone inch a needle closer and closer to your eye, and the only thing you can do is watch as you anticipate the pain of it going through the membrane. Anticipation and dread. My closest friends right now. For what seemed like hours, I laid there, trying to calm myself and focus on moving. Finally, my body gave a sudden jerk and I sat up quickly, seeing specks of light floating around my vision. I was breathing heavily, thoughts racing and anxiety quickly replaced by relief and nausea. I got up and shakily made my way to the bathroom, washed my face, and took a minute in the light to collect myself. A quick glance at the clock on the bedside table told me it was 4.18. I couldn't stand the thought of going back to sleep, let alone lying down. I decided to grab my journal and go to the kitchen for coffee, and started writing as soon as it was done before I forgot anything. Keeping a record of these episodes was a suggestion I came across the second time it happened. They said it would help you process the experience and that putting it on paper is the cheapest form of therapy, so I figured what the hell. Just gotta make sure to get the exact times and as many details as possible before they get murky and hard to remember. I'm probably going to watch TV for a while and try to relax until morning. I don't really feel like sleeping. July 19th. Another episode. It didn't last long and wasn't as bad as before. I was facing the ceiling, so I don't have the time it happened, but I know it felt like an eternity. How common are these? I've caught my breath and relaxed again. It's 2.52am, and I'm going to try sleeping again. This is a short entry, but I'm extremely tired and I don't have the energy. Maybe tomorrow morning I'll write more. August 23rd. I know what sleep paralysis is. I know that it's fairly common, and I know there isn't anything inherently dangerous about it. I know all about the visual and auditory hallucinations, about the tingling skin and the feeling of being in a fundamentally broken body with a heavy weight pressing into your chest. It's all done by the brain playing tricks on itself. Neurons and synapses firing back and forth, creating a web of confusion. I can define it and see the cause. Somehow, that doesn't make it any less terrifying. It's 2.49am, 
and I'm on my second cup of coffee. It's quiet outside, with only the crickets and cicadas keeping me company at this ungodly hour. I debated on whether or not to turn on the TV, but decided against it for now. I don't need distractions. The feeling that something is very wrong, and at any second something horrible will happen, isn't a thing you get used to. I woke up facing my clock, and the first thing I noticed was the time. 2.05. The next thing I noticed was I was having another episode. The usual feelings crept up my spine and burrowed into my chest. I focused on the clock and attempted to use it as some sort of anchor to reality. I watched for a long time before it changed to 2.06, and there was no sign of it letting up. Then, a soft scratching sound. My face flushed and heated, my heart racing. I couldn't tell where it was coming from or how close it was. A slow, rhythmic scratching, making my skin crawl. I desperately wanted to jump out of bed and turn the light on, but the paralysis was still in control. The scratching continued and I stared at the clock, unable to look around the room. Then a sudden rush as the clock changed to 2.07. The scratching stopped. I let out an involuntary gasp for air and jerked upright. I turned on the lamp and looked around the room. No sign of what had caused the noise. I sat there for several minutes, getting a hold of myself. My rational mind put two and two together, and I concluded that what I heard was an auditory hallucination. That made me feel better. I left the bedroom, went to the kitchen, made coffee, and started writing. This was the first time I have ever hallucinated anything, and I'm still rattled. I'm going to be exhausted tomorrow, but a steady stream of coffee should get me through. I can't go back in the bedroom, not now. Not until the sun rises and the rest of the world wakes up. August 28th. I woke up from a nightmare, and the last thing I remember is the scratching sound. I don't know if I heard it in my dream and woke up, or if I heard it while waking up. Either way, I'm writing it down. Technically, not sleep paralysis, but I don't care. It's 3.42am, and I'm going back to bed. September 2nd, 1.49 a.m. The scratching came back. I wasn't facing the clock, so I don't know what time it happened or how long it lasted. Once it passed, I turned on the lights, and all the lights, and grabbed a knife from the block in the kitchen to keep me company while I checked the closets and rooms. I don't know what I was expecting to find, or what I would do if I found it, but the knife gave me a small feeling of safety. I'm going to keep it close for the rest of the night. Note to self. Buy more coffee. I'm drinking this way more than water now, and I'm pretty sure that isn't healthy, but I need to stay alert. The TV is on, and I'm more than happy to watch infomercials until dawn breaks. September 4th. Another restless night. It was too hot to be covered, too cold to not be. I tossed and turned for a while before I decided to get up and get a drink, and when I turned on the lamp I noticed small red splotches on the pillowcase. I went to the bathroom and cleaned my slightly bloody nose with a damp washcloth. No idea when that started. I might need to get a humidifier. 
I finally got a couple hours of sleep, but I woke up freezing and sweat had soaked through the sheets. I might be getting sick. I think flu season is around this time. Great. No temperature though, so off to work. September 21st. I don't know what's going on with me, if it's stress or a gas leak or some kind of flu, but something isn't right. At the end of work today, I went to the bathroom and sat in the stall, ready for the day to be over and willing the clock to tick faster. Being Friday, it was quiet, and with the nice weather, it was hardly a guess why. So while I'm hiding away, I hear the bathroom door open and someone else walks in soft, padded footsteps in my direction. They walk past the open, empty stalls and stop outside of mine, so I figured it was someone checking if their preferred place was open. They were too far away from the door for me to see their shoes, so I couldn't tell if it was anyone I knew. They stood outside the door for a few seconds, and I was about to say something when they started scratching on the door. I immediately tensed up and froze. There's no way, I thought. It has to be someone joking with me. I hadn't told anyone about the scratching. That slow, rhythmic scratching. I leaned away from the door and stammered out that the stall was occupied. But the scratching continued. I let them know that I got the joke. They could stop. I was trapped. I contemplated shoving the door open but I didn't want to overreact to a harmless prank. I decided to lean down and try to get a good look at the shoes to see if it was someone I knew for sure. I placed one hand on the wall and slowly lowered myself, quiet as I could. I got halfway down when the bathroom door opened again and someone else walked in, clearing their throat. With newfound courage, I rose up, unlocked the door, and swung it open. No one was there. I looked around the bathroom and asked if there was someone just outside my stall a few seconds ago and received a confused look and a head shake as a reply. I left work early, claiming to be coming down with something. Hell, for all I know, it could be true. I'm keeping the lights on tonight, and the TV. I think I'll sleep on the couch. September 26th I've been sleeping on the couch since Friday and other than my neck hurting in the morning, everything's been fine. I can't stop thinking about the scratching, though. It's one thing when it happens during an episode, and an entirely different thing when it happens in the middle of the day. I made an appointment with a doctor to get some tests done to make sure I'm not crazy. The hard part about moving halfway across the country after college is that you have no friends or family to check up on you. I miss you guys. I wish they offered to pay me there what I make here. I would have stayed. I should have stayed. October 15th. Finally got some good news. All tests came back negative, so I don't have a brain disease or blood poisoning or whatever. I had someone test the air for gas leaks, which also came back negative. The doctor said it's most likely a stress issue, with work and the sleep paralysis wearing me down. They prescribed time off and wrote a note for work, so it looks like I'm on vacation. I'm also on some new anxiety medication, but they said it can take a long time before I start to feel different. I think I'll give the bed a shot again. 
October 18th, 3.01 a.m. I'm sitting on a bench outside of a 24-hour laundromat. I can't think straight. My legs and lungs are burning from running. I use their phone to call a friend, Jen, who happened to be only a few hours away visiting family, and I begged her to come pick me up, offering her all the money and possessions I have just to be with someone familiar and feel safe. She was scared and asked if I was okay, and I didn't know how to answer. I just need a friend to take me far away from here, and I can explain everything later, I told her. She agreed and left while we were still on the phone. I have another two and a half hours left before she gets here, and I asked the clerk if I could wait outside. They were sympathetic and offered to call the police, but I declined. I have no idea how they could help me. I had another episode tonight with the scratching, but this time was different. This time, I saw what was doing it. I don't know what time it was when I woke up. I was lying on my back with my head to the side, facing away from the clock. The dread and anxiety were there, but there was something else. Something more intense. Urgency. I knew immediately that something was different, but I couldn't explain why my body's instinct to run out the front door and never look back was so strong. This is what the dread had been building up to. I was sure of it. I waited in almost complete silence, the only sound my heartbeat thundering in my eardrums. I wished for this to pass, to be able to go to my kitchen, turn the lights on, feel safe, and drink coffee until I had no more to drink. I just wanted peace again. The click sent me into a panic. I didn't realize before that I had been staring at the closet door, closed from earlier today. The click I saw was from the doorknob, the doorknob starting to turn. I stopped breathing, wanted to squeeze my eyes shut and snap out of it. No such luck for me tonight. I stared, wide-eyed, as it finished turning and with a slight lurch began its silent swing open, just barely moving. I knew I was going to die, but that's not what I was the most afraid of. The door opened wide enough for me to see in the closet. My ears were ringing, and there was a voice screaming to run, but my body refused to move. At first there was nothing more than a shadowy closet. I couldn't see anything that would have pushed the door open, and for a brief instant, I felt relief. In a moment of clarity, I thought, this must be another hallucination. As long as I know it is, then whatever's in there can't hurt me. Still staring at the empty closet, with the outlines of my hanging clothes and shoes, I couldn't quite focus. My groggy vision was still blurry, making the shadows black static against a gray background. I tried to adjust my vision, and after a few seconds, it got better. It was well enough that I could start making out the shirts and the shoes and the shadow at the bottom of the closet near the floor. It was still fuzzy, so I tried focusing on it and realized with horror that it wasn't supposed to be there. I watched the shadow raise up to resemble a human figure. It was too tall, though. It stepped out of the closet, ducking its head under the frame. It was still a blur, like I couldn't focus on it. It moved silently to the corner of the room, 
and stood there, and I couldn't tell what direction it was looking. It was on the edge of my vision, and it wasn't until that moment that I saw it had too many limbs. I couldn't see how many exactly. The thing stayed in the corner for a few moments, and I was trying my hardest to scream or run anything. It rose higher in the corner, and I could see the limbs reaching out, pulling along the walls. It was climbing, silently climbing all the way to the ceiling. It reached out its upper limbs and stretched across the ceiling, its lower limbs still on the walls, and it stayed in the corner. I was about to black out when I heard the scratching start. It was right then that I regained control of my body and in one instant had ripped the covers off the bed and ran screaming for the front door. I kept my eyes away from it as I passed, and as I reached the door and began frantically unlocking it, I prayed it wasn't following me. I threw the door open and ran as fast as I could into the night. No specific direction, no plan, just a primal need to get away. My life, my sanity, demanded I run as fast and as far as I'd ever gone before. I collapsed a block away from the laundromat on the sidewalk and laid there panting for several minutes, unable to do anything else. When I could walk again, I made my way to the laundromat. I'm not sure who will believe me, or if I should even tell anyone. Maybe just say there was an intruder and I don't feel safe there anymore. Whatever the case, I will never stay there again. That place, that thing, never again. January 2nd. Jen came with me to the old place today to pick up the things I wanted to keep before the owner sold it in a yard sale. I had asked her if I could go home with her when she left, just until I got a new housing situation figured out. She understood that I was traumatized. When she asked what had happened, I told her the same thing I gave in my statement the next morning at the police department. There was an intruder in my home and had probably been watching me for a long time before trying to attack me in my sleep. I've been staying at her place ever since that night, half a day's drive away, and for the first few nights, I could only sob uncontrollably. She and her fiancé were worried about me and tried their best to comfort me, but they would never understand why. They hadn't heard what I had heard or seen what I had seen. I was in a living nightmare for a while, and I lost a lot of weight. I couldn't be in a room with a closet and insisted on sleeping on the couch with the lights and TV on. I would pay for the electricity, I told them. I just needed these to feel safe enough to fall asleep. They told me that it wasn't a problem, and they would take care of everything. They gave me rides to therapy and support groups, never pried or treated me any different. I'm still working on ways to pay them back for their kindness. I've been working through what happened. It's been a rough, slow recovery, but... Hearing stories of other people who experienced sleep paralysis and the hallucinations has definitely helped. They were so sure of what they saw, but over time they accepted that it was their brain playing tricks on them. Some of them had fully worked through their trauma and were very encouraging on my progress. I owe these people more than they know. When we pulled up, it looked exactly how it had a few months earlier, except for the light dusting of snow on the ground. For some reason, I thought things would be different. We went to the front door, which was left unlocked by the owners for that afternoon only, by my request. They were understanding as well, but 
also had a property to lease, so they had been losing money ever since I left. I opened the door and we walked inside. Everything was in the exact place it was that night. I took a quick glance around and sighed. Then we started grabbing the things I pointed out and loaded them into the car. We saved the bedroom for last. If it were up to me, I wouldn't go back in, but there were some family items that I needed. When we walked in, I made a point to not look at the corner or the closet and went straight to the shelf, putting things in the box. Pictures, knickknacks, souvenirs from trips. As soon as I started on the second row, Jen nudged me. I turned around and she was looking across the room, pointing with a bewildered expression. I turned my head to look and dropped the box. In the corner, where I had dreaded to look, were markings, scratches in the wall. I felt my stomach tie up in knots as I saw them, a small group of gashes. I looked around, saw another in the other corner, and another above the bed. The same scratches, the same pattern. My name, over and over. It had been scratching my name. 